The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello and welcome to the Hoop Ball DFS Today podcast. I am your host, Micah Patra, joined by my good friend, Harris Kermani, to break down this wonderful Sunday four-game card for you guys. It is May 23rd. We got some playoff action to talk about. Following up a nice little uh, opening opening day for playoffs for us, Harris, something that I think we have all been starving for. I got to watch my Mavericks take down the Clippers. I got to watch some good basketball all day. It was a wonderful Saturday. But how are you, man? It's been a good full week. How you been? Yeah, it's been good. I was going to ask you, should we be over the moon after that uh, performance? I mean, the Clippers, obviously, were going to be a tough matchup on there. The Mavericks, in my mind, were probably pretty uh, unhappy that they couldn't have done more in the last year's playoff run against them. So, you know, I actually think this might be a 6-7 game series where the Mavericks could upset them. What do you think? I mean, hey, listen, um, I, I was going to say, I can't say I was shocked or surprised just because I, I thought this is the same thing as you. I think this is the Maverick series. I think they're going to surprise a few people. Uh, I think that Luca uh, is going to perform and put on a show like he always does. And again, like you said, they played last season. They had no other adjustments. Both, both of these teams are pretty, pretty much the same. Very similar starting cast, starting lineups and everything like that. So... I think they could pull it out. Uh, I'm hoping it doesn't have to go six or seven, man. I'm hoping for a nice five-game series. But uh, if I get more Mavericks basketball and they still make it to the next round, I wouldn't. I wouldn't complain one bit. But that's enough. That's enough of me. I'm sorry. Uh, I don't want to, you know, pride or pra, but you know, no Raptors to talk about right now, man. I'm just a little. <laughs> I'm taking jabs. I shouldn't be doing that. It's not nice of me. But we got another slate. You know, I could talk about the Mavericks all day, but I'll wait till the next game till they go up two zero. But. <laughs> We, we got some good stuff to talk about. Before we jump into anything, quick shout out to our presenting sponsor over at MyBookie. If you haven't taken advantage of them all season long, I don't know what you're doing, but it's not too late. Head over to MyBookie, guys. Use that promo code HOOPBALL, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L. They will match your deposit 50% on up to $1,000. So whatever you deposit up in there, they will match it 50%. Free money to play with, whether you want to bet some playoff action, maybe you want to go over the MLB, bet some of the games over there. Uh, young kid, uh, I wouldn't want to say young kid, 28-year-old for the Rangers, Adolis Garcia, just smashing the cover off the ball. This guy came out of nowhere. Maybe that's your thing. Maybe you want to go play some uh, prop bets on Adolis Garcia. It looks like him you know, hitting a home run right now is more likely than not. Uh, or maybe you want to do some prop bets in the NBA. You can do that over at MyBookie with that promo code HOOPBALL on your initial deposit for some free money to play with. Or you can even check out their fully-fledged casino platform where you can play all table games, slot machines, and everything you'd like to do. Over at mybookie.ag, the number one sports book out there. First game on the docket, Harris. We got the Washington Wizards traveling to Philadelphia to take on the Sixers for the Wizards. Denny Avdija and Thomas Bryant have both been ruled out. Sixers look like they are good to go. Outside of Matisse Thibel, he is questionable, but I believe he is expected to play. Seen these two teams play. What was I think it was uh, the the little wave mm-hmm. after uh, the Sixers knocked yep. out uh, knocked out Russ. So there's gonna be a little there's gonna be a little narrative I guess in there a little bit. But uh, as far as a game total, we have a two twenty nine and a half game total. Philadelphia being favored by seven and a half points. I'll pass it over to you, my good friend. Why don't you break down the Washington Wizards for me? 
Yeah, absolutely. And obviously the Westbrook factor of it is going to be an incredibly big story in this, especially the fact that I'm actually questionable about how good Beal actually is with regards to his quad. I mean, he's obviously fighting through the injury. He's looked hobbled in the last couple of games that he's played. And even though his price point at 8,700 would otherwise be something that I'd be jumping to grab, I actually would want to see him probably for this game before I uh, go ahead and put it on there. With that in mind, Westbrook, who's about $1,000 down from his uh, high 13000 price point about a week ago, is looking at, as you said, an absolutely huge matchup for them. Highest scoring matchup of the night, 229, is about 10 higher than any of the other totals that we have there. And with his peripheral stats always in tow, I actually see his shot attempts with uh, Beal's health going up to closer to 20 as soon as playoffs come back into play. So... You know, that's a, that's a great spot for him to jump yet again into that 60 DK points area. And it's probably my favorite high-value guy to start and build my lineup around. I can't fault you anytime you're going to mention Westbrook and him being the guy that you want to build your lineup around. Uh, it's no secret. It's no surprise. This dude is just not an absolute tear all season long. With that triple-double floor, he's worth the 12K. You're looking for at least 60 DK points when you pay 12K. So uh, I assume he could easily get there. Now this is uh, this is probably the first time in a long time where I'm I'm pausing a little bit with Westbrook. I'm not going to say I'm not going to play him. Mm. I just I think I might be slightly under the field, and I think it just comes down to the way my lineup construction works. Uh, if, you know, without paying that 12k, I'm allowed to get that other stud in there, and with rotations getting tighter, I don't mind having that other stud in there. Uh, the other factor being that it's a tough defensive assignment. You know, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, two of the leading uh, candidates for Defensive Player of the Year this season. Westbrook's only averaging about 53 DK points in three games against his team. And it's one of the only teams that he's not averaging a triple-double against. So, you know, there's a few factors. I'm not saying that that's a guarantee Westbrook's not going to get up, come out here and drop a triple-double. You know, that was in 36 minutes per game. Westbrook's probably going to have to play every single minute of this game. So (laughs) uh, I definitely think that the upside is there. But I'm just pausing. It's not just that smash spot that I'm going to like I have been. Uh, if I if I normally had about 80 or 70 percent shares of them, I'll probably be closer to like 40 on tonight. So I'm still going to have some good shares. Uh, but I think the way I'm opting in my single entry and cash builds is to avoid him and play him more in my tournaments as of right now. But outside of him, you touched on it. Beal at 87. You know, are we, we I'm still worried about the hamstring. Uh, bottom line, I, I definitely think it's a factor. And then there's other guys on this slate in very similar price ranges that we have to think, you know, they're healthy. Uh, you got guys like Trey Young, who's $200 less. Push comes to shove. I think I prefer Trey Young over Beal. That's the way I'm leaning right now. So I don't think I'll have Beal. I don't think I'll have Hachimura. And I sure as hell know I'm not going towards anybody in this front court going against Joel Embiid. Uh, <laughs> they're just they're just going to be throwing bodies at this guy and expecting each guy to have like four fouls by the end of this game and just slot him in. I, I imagine Lennon Lopez being a little bigger than Gafford. They might even opt to use those guys a little bit more due to the size. But it's going to be a hodgepodge mismatch. All three of these guys are probably going to play about 16 minutes. And who knows, uh, you know, one of them could pay it off, but don't think that they're guys that we necessarily need to go to. So outside of Westbrook for tournaments, that is it for me. Uh, and then maybe if you want to take a shot on Bertans, but very scoring reliant. But yeah. on the Philadelphia side of the ball, I think I have a little bit more interest. Uh, and it shouldn't come as, as a surprise to anybody. Uh, I think all three of these studs are very, very much in play. Joel Embiid at 9-8 is in. This is just an absolute smash spot for Embiid. Uh, he should absolutely decimate this front court. They have literally nobody. Uh, the other thing about you have to remember, Embiid is a guy that's been playing on, I wouldn't say a minute's restriction or anything like that, but when games got out of hand, if Embiid didn't need to play, uh, he wasn't. And, you know, looking at his numbers on the season, he's averaged 31 minutes in 51 games this season, and that allowed him to put up about 50 DK points. Now, 
this is playoffs. Again, rotations get tighter. Does Embiid start to play more like 34 to 36? That's very possible. The extra six minutes talking about a guy that averages almost 1.6 DK points per minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that's that's an improvement. So I definitely love Embiid at 9-8 in this matchup, expecting him to smash. Between Harris and Ben Simmons, I prefer Ben Simmons, uh, simply because I got that power forward spot locked into somebody that we'll get to in a little while. But both those guys very, very much in play. I think Ben Simmons' ceiling is just slightly higher as well. He's averaging uh, close to 50 DK points in this matchup two times this season, 34 minutes, 46 DK points, uh, 16 points, 9.5 assists, 7.5 rebounds. Again, I expect him to match the intensity and the pace with Russell Westbrook. We're going to see him flying around the court. Never expect a whole lot of scoring from Simmons, but at that price tag, 7K, 7,100, I feel like there's a comfortable floor there, and the ceiling we always know is baked in as well. So, I'll probably just be looking at the three main studs, but if you wanted to take a stab at a guy like a Danny Green because you need to or a Seth Curry because it rounds out your lineup, I wouldn't fault you there. But they're not just primary options of mine. Yeah, absolutely agree, especially with the Benson inside of it. I mean, he's coming off about nine days of rest here, has had his back kind of bothering him for the last month, really, and that's what's pushed his price down to such a point. So to me, he's also one of those smash mid-tier guys. There's going to be a, a number of those mid-tier guys that are going to be really interesting throughout, but Ben Simmons is probably near the top of my list for that as well. Any uh, Anybody else on this Philadelphia team you're looking at, or are you ready to move on? Um, Outside of that, I might. As you said, Danny Green is something that uh, I'll probably be a little bit more interested in just because, as you said, rotations get shorter. Danny Green, in general, is going to be required to be a lot more uh, on the primary end as far as defense is concerned on the wing for a Washington team that's probably going to try and shoot outside more. Uh, he'll probably be the primary defender on Bradley Beal, so we'll likely get a lot more minutes from Danny Green, and his shooting has been hot and cold, but if he can even hit two to three threes, I can see him smashing that value, no problem. Also, you get that defensive upside with Danny Green, his ability to chip in blocks and steals. So that's a great call here. So I like that one. Good point out the fact that he will probably see 20 to 25 minutes at least just for defensive abilities on Beal. Next game, 3.30 Eastern Standard Time game. L.A. Lakers traveling to Phoenix. They are taking on the Suns. Lakers have yet to submit their injury report, but we know that Davis and LeBron are both probable. Uh, no worries there. For the Suns, Abdul Nader has been ruled out. Everybody else good to go. DeAndre Ayton and Cam Johnson are both off of the injury report. 215 game total. Lakers favored by only one point. Should be competitive. Should be a lot of good defense played in this game. So there's going to be some options. Uh, but this isn't going to be to one of those necessarily go-to spots that I'm I'm in love with. But I'll pass it over to you. Talk about the Lakers for me. Yeah, and much as you spoke about uh, there being... A tighter matchup. This is probably the tightest matchup of the entire night on there. And that line just keeps kind of moving closer and closer to that middle point. It was Phoenix by three earlier in the day. So it just keeps getting there. And LeBron James, Anthony Davis, definitely the uh, key guys to be able to look into here. Especially LeBron. We know what playoff LeBron exactly means. Even in just 35 minutes in the last Golden State game on a down shooting night, he still put up 61 with ease. So I definitely expect him to be around that same range especially here in a matchup that he's actually considered the underdog going in and Phoenix being a lot of young guys kind of heralded around the vet of Chris Paul, they'll likely have uh, a little bit of trouble kind of handling him and especially the Jay Crowder situation, which is a storied history between them. I could see LeBron really looking to stamp his authority on a matchup and remind people just why you don't bet against him. Yeah, no, and I make that mistake often uh, betting against LeBron James. It's never like I'm, I go in there like, you know, I, I'm... Uh, I'm betting against LeBron and I feel good about it. No, it's generally just because there's other people I like. And I would honestly say throughout this entire season, I've probably been underweight on LeBron James on the games that he has played. I don't know why. 
I just I just don't ever ever end up there. I know he's got the upside. I know he's got the floor, but I usually usually feel a little bit better about some other people. And that defense, that Laker defense, anytime a team comes in there, you can just expect a lower pace and a, a lower scoring total and all that good stuff. But uh, absolutely, LeBron in play for me. Prefer him over Davis for only $200. So I'm right there with you. Uh, outside of those two guys, are there anybody else that you have interest in on this Lakers team? Yeah, the only other guy I'll probably be looking a little bit more on is the Dennis Schroeder side of things. Uh, at about mid-5,000, he'll probably be one of those guys that round out my lineup nicely. They'll use him in a lot of those uh, two-guard lineups, especially going up against uh, Chris Paul, Devin Booker. They like his shiftiness to be able to kind of handle that. And he's done pretty well in the two games that he's played up against Phoenix. Nearly 30 DK points there. Pretty decent shooting splits as well. So I expect him to have greater usage as far as that's concerned. And for 5,700, he'll probably be in about, I'd say, half my lineups in terms of how I've been looking at it this morning. All right. I can't fault you there. Uh, for me, I don't have a ton of other interest over here. I could, I could see, you know, the Schroeder play. I do like that. I like the price tag for Schroeder at 57. Uh, he's going to have, he's going to continue to have that bench usage and that bench roll. Probably end up with 15 shot attempts. Nobody on that, you know, bench defense of Phoenix necessarily scares me off of him either. So <clears throat> I'm cool with some Schroeder. And then even if you want to take a stab at Catavius Coldwell Pope, I wouldn't mind that either. He's just been shooting like a pistol. Uh, never going to have high usage, but that comfortable floor, he's a guy that if I land on, sure, I don't mind it. Not a guy that I get overexcited about playing, especially with that little bit of a price boost. But if you land on him and he rounds out your lineup, can't fault you there. He should get the minutes. On the Phoenix side of the ball, I have more interest here. Between Booker, between Paul, uh, you know, I want to play one of these guys. I don't love the matchup, but I love the intensity. I love the game. If I had to play one of them, it would probably be Paul for the discount of 500. He always gets up for these LeBron games, by the way. Anytime him and LeBron, these two guys are best friends, you'll see a little laughter. You'll see a little fierce competitiveness on the court, but there'll definitely be a little laughter and a handshake in there somewhere. But he's averaging 43 DK points against the Lakers this season through three games. It's a great matchup, 7,500. If there's one spot you've been able to pick on the Lakers with defensively, it is point guards. Uh, we generally want to avoid the front courts going against the Lakers, but the point guards can take advantage of this matchup. So 7,500, I do like Chris... Um, Chris Paul, the, I guess if I had to pick between him and Ben Simmons, similar guys at a similar price range, I think I think I would prefer Ben Simmons. Uh, but maybe if you're in a GPP and you want to just pivot off the ownership and go towards Chris Paul, I wouldn't mind that. But outside of him, the only other guy I have interest on this team is going to be the guy you mentioned before, and it's Jay Crowder at 4,100. You talked about that historic rivalry between playoffs and Jay Crowder and LeBron James and this is why they wanted to go out there and get this guy. Uh, people, you know, when Jay Crowder came to Phoenix, well, you already have Bridges. You already have Kim. It doesn't matter. They need that LeBron guy, the guy that they can trust for 30 minutes playing defense on LeBron James. Again, usage never going to be high with this guy. But at 4,100, if this guy's going to play 30-plus minutes against this team, sign me up. He's averaging 24 DK points, and he's averaging 31 minutes against this team. I wonder why. Uh, a guy named LeBron James is on the other side of the ball. So sign me up for Jay Crowder, 4,100. He'll probably be one of my favorite value plays just simply because he makes sense for cash and GPP builds. I like it. That's the way I'm going as well. All right. Should we keep it moving? Absolutely. All right. Nothing else there. So this game is going to be a little bit more interesting. One of my favorite games of the night to target. Uh, and it doesn't normally feel like it would be. Atlanta Hawks traveling to New York, taking on the Knicks. Playoff Knicks. Not the regular Knicks. Playoff Knicks. <laughs> Which, by the way, Thibodeau, just got coach of the year, man. Guy's a stud. Uh, came in here, completely, completely changed the landscape of New York basketball. Overnight, when a lot of people said it couldn't be done, he did it. Brandon Goodwin, Cam Reddish, both ruled out. Mitchell Robinson ruled out for the Knicks. One of the lower game totals of the day uh, for this one. 216, it's right there with that Laker game. Two and a half point spread, favored for New York. 
expecting Knicks to come out with this one, but I'll pass it over to you. Break down Atlanta for me. Yeah, and we'll start off right off with my favorite big man play of this entire slate, which is Clint Capella, who's been absolutely dominant as far as this matchup is concerned. Just in the three matches he's had up against them, averaging over 17 boards a game, 46 DK points, and just in a matchup where they're going to require him to just put up all that havoc in the paint that he does consistently. A defensive squad, which otherwise has been elite for the New York Knicks, has struggled quite a bit with opposing front court guys. These don't have the size, regardless of how it is, and Clint Capella's speed kind of just creates all of that disruption out there. So he's definitely going to be my smash pick as far as center side is concerned at 7,500. Expecting to easily drop over 40 in that one. So a place of high interest there for me. And of course, Trey Young, as we spoke about, that 8,500 kind of price point. Depending on how you decide to go with that Russell Westbrook pick from earlier, you probably will have the opportunity to also get Trey in there at that spot. Obviously, his playoff debut as well. Really looking alongside a num- another young point guard I'll be speaking about later to really make his mark as far as the postseason's concerned. All the uh, opportunity he's had to rest up as well since May 13th. He's only played about 26 minutes a game in that time. His price point is depressed from where it usually is at around that 93, 9400 points. So definitely a spot that Atlanta is going to be looking at. I actually think Atlanta takes this game and I uh, have them in the series as well. But the Knicks coming into the playoffs after a long period of time really will be looking to establish their authority with it all. So it's going to be a fun matchup, probably my most fun one of the night. But between Trey and Capella, I expect them to both have big nights there and to get out with the W. I couldn't have said it better myself, man. I love both those plays. Uh, and it's shocking. And it's, it feels shocking to me. And it's, I got to get this bird in the background to shut up. Um, I don't know if you guys can hear that, but I can hear it through my headset. thing is, you know, it's early, man. What are you doing? Um, calm down. So I, I love this matchup. I got four people in my initial build from this game. Uh, and that feels weird knowing it's, you know, it's got the third low or I guess, yeah, third lowest uh, game total of the day. We're expecting it to be competitive. We know the Knicks defense is something that we generally don't want to target. But you touched on it. Capella is my favorite center play, 7,500. You just need size when you're going against this team. He's been absolutely torching them uh, on the boards. You touched on it. 7,500 I think it's a great price tag. I think people might, you know, might be a little, they might pause when they see Rudy Gobert at a very similar price tag in a matchup against Memphis where he's played pretty well. So, you know, I don't expect the ownership to necessarily gravitate towards him. And I expect a lot of other people to have him beat as well. So if we can get Capella as like maybe possibly the third highest on center, probably the second though. Uh, I'm fine with that. Sign me up. And then Trey Young, 8,500. Love this matchup. Love playing Trey Young here. Uh, you touched on it. Playoff appearance. He's played well in this matchup in the in the three games that they played earlier in the season. Averaged 36 minutes, almost 50 DK points with 25 actual points. So Trey Young is just clicking on all cylinders. And that's uh, that's kind of the reason I'm not playing Westbrook. We've already touched on you know Trey Young. He's a guy that can get us 50. Ben Simmons, another guy that can get his 50. Capella, another guy that can get his 50. We'll get to another guy in a little bit. I can think I can get his 50, 60. I think we have a lot of underpriced options that could get us that 50, where I don't know if I need to pay up for Westbrook to get me the 60 to 70. So that's kind of the way my initial build's been going. And again, love Westbrook, but my initial build does not have him. And it does have Trey Young and Clint Capella. So those are the two guys I will be targeting on this side. Not much else I will be looking at. Uh, if there was one other guy I think I could maybe have a couple shares of, it would be the value play in DeAndre Hunter. The minutes are slowly starting to creep back up. You know, keep in mind, this guy is going to be under a minutes restriction for the first game. I would not expect anything more than 24 to 26 at most. But at 4K, a guy that will get some shot attempts took 11 in that last one. So wouldn't mind taking the stab at him, but I don't think he's going to be like better than Jay Crowder. 
On the Knicks side of the ball, I got a whole lot of interest over here, my man. But I'll let you start. Break down your Knicks. Yeah, and I'm sure you'll be uh, just singing the praises of another Julius Randle pick on here. 9200 a great, great price point to be able to have him just continue to be absolutely dominant in this matchup. In fact, probably the most dominant matchup he's had throughout this regular season, averaging 65 fantasy points in the three games that he's had against him. And his shooting numbers are just off the charts as well. 58% from the field, 50 from three, and he's putting those up in volume attempts. So another one of those high-priced guys that are going to have a ceiling that is just higher than you usually expect with these. You're going to see, I think, a lot of these matchups tonight where these 8,000, 9,000 guys are going to put up 60, 70 and be the reason you win. So I'm probably in agreement with how the Westbrook situation is going to be going and go more with that. The other side, as we know of Tom Thibodeau, if there's any guy who shortens rotations, forget just playoffs, just regular season as well. But now you're probably looking at six to seven guys that he's going to be trusting. And one of those guys that I'm sure he's going to be trusting a lot is Alec Burks. At about 4500 I'm liking his price point to be able to be that guy to round out my lineup. His shot attempts have been up since he's kind of gotten himself back into the groove. And averaging anywhere between 12 to 15 shots, I expect that to be the case here. And his minutes will probably be closer to that 30 to 34 that he's played uh, against Charlotte and San Antonio coming in rather than the 25 he did against Boston. So another great price point to be able to get him at. And the other one, which I'll probably be gravitating towards outside of the R.J. Barrett one, which I've spoken to at length in previous pods as well, so don't want to just beat a dead horse there, is Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose at 5,500 coming in back into the playoffs after you know, a long gap for him. A lot of personal issues, a lot of other things, but it's just going to be a place where he wants to just go out and play basketball. Hasn't been the most uh, dominant matchup for him just in the two ones that he had there. But his minutes is going to be way up from the 2025 that he's played in the last two weeks to help him get ready for the playoffs itself. But what that's done is depressed his price point from its usual 6000 to 6300 all the way down to 55 here. So definitely a lot of value to be had in a matchup that's probably going to be my most exciting matchup of this night. And for Derrick Rose, a guy who gets a ton of usage, not only with the starting lineup that we'd like to put him there, but staggering with that second unit as well. A huge point to be able to go ahead and get him in there. Absolutely. Yeah, you touched on a lot of the guys I've interested in. Julius Randle's probably going to be one of my favorite plays on the slate for every reason that you said. Underpriced, absolutely destroyed this matchup. I love the power forward eligibility because there's only a few guys that I actually have interest in. Jay Crowder, uh, Julius Randle. We touched on uh, Tobias Harris a little bit earlier, but I think it's a very underwhelming position as a whole, so I think spending up there just makes a lot of sense. Uh, so I will have a ton of shares of Julius Randle. You touched on Alec Burks. He's right there locked into my small forward position right now. I love the usage. I love the shot attempts. Uh, we already talked about it. He's been, his minutes are starting to be on the rise. Thibodeau's rotations generally get a little bit shorter. I'm not expecting him to be one of those guys that plays close to 40. I would ex- probably reserve that more for Randall and Barrett. Those two guys probably have the safest floors for the minutes. But I think uh, that 29 to 32 range is very comfortable for Burks. 4,500 for the usage, the upside, the matchup, everything else just seems like it makes sense. He's averaging only 12.5 DK points, but that's one game. He played 19 minutes against them, so don't take that for anything that's worth. So I think Burks, Randall, very, very much in play. Barrett, very, very much in play at 6,400. He's averaging 39 minutes against the Hawks in three games, and those are regular season games. So the minutes will be there. With the 39 minutes, he's averaging right around a DK point per minute, giving him about a 40-point DK point average. So sign me up for some Barrett. I'm cool with all three of those guys. And then the last guy I want to talk about, who I think will be one of the better value plays on the slate, he always flies under the radar, makes absolutely no sense, is New Orleans Noel. Uh, the dude is just 
been a staple for them since Mitchell Robinson went down. Mitchell Robinson's not here in this game. He's averaging 30 DK points or 30 minutes in uh, 22 games, 20 games, I'm sorry. 30 minutes of two games against the Hawks this season, giving him a 29 DK point average at 4,100. It just feels like it's one of those can't-miss value plays. I don't love going and getting two guys from the same front court. That's usually something I try to avoid just because it limits one of their rebounding upside. I want all the guys in my lineup to have huge rebounding upside. And if Randall comes out here and gets 20, odds are, you know, Noel might get you eight or seven. But that's okay. Even if, even if one of these guys goes off, they're both at great price tags where they can both pay off their value. I'm fine with it. So, Noel, uh, Randall. And Burks, three of my favorite players, plays, and I still love Barrett as well at 64. He's just a guy that I think we talked about last time. I never get right. Uh, but this <laughs> feels like it's one of those matchups that it's hard to get wrong. So I'm, I'm cool if you even want to look at any of the point guards, too. Only one I probably wouldn't look at would be quickly. Uh, I could just imagine that Thibodeau goes with more of the veteran approach and uses Rose and Peyton a little bit more. But again, he, you know, Peyton seems like he's kind of in the doghouse. It might just be a lot of Rose and Burks. So. Take your pick, man. A lot of Knicks that we could look at, five of them, six of them. I would probably recommend getting at least two in your lineup. I think three is probably the most I would do. But uh, a lot of Knicks in play and running it back with some of these Hawks is kind of the route I've been going. Um, and then just sprinkle in a little magic along the way. But the final game, 930, Eastern Standard Time game. Memphis Grizzlies traveling to Utah, taking on the Jazz for the Grizzlies. Sean McDermott has been ruled out. And for the Jazz, Ursan Ilyasova is questionable. Donovan Mitchell in. Mike Conley expected to be back for this one. Good to go. As far as a game total, 218. Utah with the highest spread of the night. Eight and a half points favored to Utah. For the Grizzlies, my man, I know you were touching on them a little bit earlier. I kind of think I know where you're going with this one. But maybe you got some surprises up your sleeve. Let me know what you're looking at. Yeah, no doubt. And in terms of all the other games that we've had so far, much tighter, much tighter scenarios, probably games in which I'll likely find myself having more exposure. But one exposure I'll probably be hedging myself a lot on between both Trey Young and John Morant, who's still sitting at 8300 a price point that I feel is going to be something that you'll see pretty steadily rise over the course of this series. I see him going into that high eights, low nines, actually. So I see this as a pretty underpriced value play for a guy. Again, people who make their playoff debuts can go either or as far as uh, whether they actually shine when the light is brightest. But of course, against the Golden State Warriors, he went ahead and had an absolutely dominant performance. And the biggest wrinkle that we're seeing here is his improved three-point shooting. And his attempts are continuing to go up as well. So that's kind of been the one spot where Morant has always struggled, has capped a little bit of his upside as far as DK points are concerned. But if he's going to be shooting anywhere between five to ten threes a game, even at a lower percentage, if he can hit three to four of those, that's going to be a huge boon to the rest of his value because he's definitely going to be top usage guy for him in a Utah matchup that's going to be absolutely just strangling as far as defense is concerned. John Morant is going to have to put up numbers even if the uh, efficiency isn't going to be at its absolute highest. Has done pretty well in the matchups that he's had against the Utah Jazz. Three games this season, about 42 DK points in those ones. Has done quite well efficiency-wise against them as well, so that's something to keep an eye on when we actually get to a point of how spread out this game is going to be as far as the totals are concerned. But not looking at too, too many guys on the Memphis side. Usually I'd be looking at the Valanciunas one as well, but his price is up and going up against Rudy Gobert, probably a spot that I'll be looking to avoid. The only other spot that I'm potentially looking at is with Jaron Jackson, just because of purely the offensive upside that he has. It just comes down to what kind of minutes he's looking at. Got himself into foul trouble in that Golden State matchup. That's kind of always been a problem with Jaron Jackson in general. Always had great pricing. Always been 
great upside as far as his offense is concerned, but it's all about whether he can keep himself on the floor. His minutes restriction is gone now, which is a great point. It all just comes back to whether he can keep himself away from foul trouble as he gets absolutely pounded on by Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, and the like from the Utah Jazz. So those are my two main guys over there, but definitely looking at a lot of Morant, probably hedging with Trey Young, kind of half my lineups, half and half both ways. All right. I, hey, listen, I can't fault you there. This, uh, this kid is going to be a force to be reckoned with for years to come in the league. We saw that in that Golden State series. Uh, although I don't think I will have any any shares of Morant. I just prefer Trey Young over him. I got to make that decision, and that's kind of the way I'm going to go. You touched on it. He's been taking more three point uh, more three point attempts, which is going to be big for his value. And from from my opinion, it's kind of the reason why I don't want to go near him uh, so much in this matchup. He's only shooting 31 percent from three on the year. So yes, the improved three point shooting over the last two games uh, has been great. You know, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to take anything away from that. He's made seven out of his last 15 three pointers, but He's going to have to shoot lights out from three-point for Memphis to have a chance. You know, when you're talking about a guy on the season who makes his money getting to the rim and attacking the rack, it's going to be a tough matchup to do so in. So I, I just don't think I want to go there. I just prefer Trey Young. Again, it's John Morant. I think the kid's a stud. Wouldn't fault me. If anything, I'd look at him in GPPs just to kind of hedge away from that Trey Young ownership. If you want to try to take advantage of it, that's probably the way I would do it. Jonas, again, 8,100. You touched on it. He's got a fair price tag. It's a tough matchup. He's averaging 40 DK points in this matchup in three games this season. And, you know, we touched on it. It's really just for everything we said about Jaron Jackson Jr. and being about the minutes and the foul trouble. It's the same thing with Jonas, except for maybe less foul trouble and just about the minutes. If they want to just go out there and try to match this size and throw him out there for 35 minutes, he can easily pay it off. I just prefer Capella. So I don't think I, I end up with too much Joval. I think I'd probably rather play Joval than Morant, as weird as that sounds. But I don't think I get to too much of either. Uh, I think Jaron Jackson is going to be a GPP play. He's probably going to be their biggest X factor in this in this series and in this matchup. He's going to have to make his bread and butter stretch in the floor. He could very well do that. He's one of the better stretch shooters in the league. We just didn't get to see it this much this season. But the three-point attempts are never shy for Jaron Jackson Jr. In fact, he has eight over his last two games and, uh, and only 12 total shot attempts. Eight of them are from deep. So foul trouble is going to be an issue. But if you're talking about a GPP play and if you wanted to get some shares in this game, He's a guy that could either be boom or he's going to be bust. Uh, they're going to need him to boom in order to be competitive in this series, in my opinion. But the one guy I think that we could take a look at, regardless, minutes, foul trouble, anything, I think he's a great value. And it's going to be Grayson Allen. Uh, the dude's only 3,700, just came out and hit some of the biggest shots that he could have in that last game. He only returned. He only played two games since his return of his absence. Now, he played 25 minutes in that uh, OT game. I expect him to probably play a few more minutes. You know, as as he's getting more comfortable, the shot was falling four or five from deep. I don't expect him to shoot like that lights out again. But this is a guy that we've seen, despite the, the great play from DeAnthony Melton, despite the great play from Desmond Bain throughout the course of the season, they still stay committed to Grayson Allen, and they're going to continue to give this guy mid-20 minutes. So 3,700 going against a team that actually drafted him as well. Might be a little, might be a little bite in there. Uh, I don't mind taking a couple stabs at him. So 3,700, he's probably my favorite play on Memphis and the guy I can see myself having the most shares of outside of him. Again, it's just GPP dart throws. I think he's the one guy that we can look at in cash, single entry, and GPP, though. On the Utah side of the ball, though, I'll pass it over to you. What are you looking at over here? Yeah. And you spoke about guys that you never uh, seem to get right as far as R.J. Barrett, Anthony Edwards in the past have been. That, to me, has always been Donovan Mitchell. And for a guy who's coming back from a month-long injury. I just feel like it'll be one of those nights where I decide to uh, not take them all together, and then he's the one who ends up kicking my butt. But obviously, that is there. The main guy, though, overall, just because of all the other situations that we've had as far as guys that we're going to pay up for, 
in terms of mid-tier prices, I'm looking at Joe Ingles. As far as playoffs are concerned, he's just been Quinn Snyder's probably most trusted guy, most reliable individual, a guy who always gets his minutes into the high 30s, low 40s as far as the playoff side is concerned. And a guy who's had consistently good uh, good matches up against the Memphis Grizzlies. About 28 DK points against them in the three ones that he's gotten there, even though his shooting wasn't all that impressive in those. I see him getting into those uh, low double digits as far as shot attempts is concerned, and probably about seven to eight threes attempted as well. And just in general, when it gets down to playoff ball, you've seen his usage go up as far as uh, ball handling capabilities are concerned, and he often becomes kind of that main point guard for them to be able to deal with the tough situations down the stretch. That being said, I don't expect uh, this series necessarily to be the most competitive out there, but if we're looking at guys in that little mid-price point that have a good a good upside as far as their uh, their minutes are concerned, their usage is concerned, Joe Ingles is probably the one main guy I'm looking at just because I don't really trust uh, the priced-up points of uh, Jordan Clarkson, who's pretty much only going to be out there shooting for 7,200. I don't necessarily trust him to put up the peripheral stats to get that value for me. And the Rudy Gobert situation, as you said, Clint Capella at that price point is probably where I'm going to be leaning pretty much all of my money. So that kind of becomes a fade for me. So as far as Utah's concerned, not too much exposure. Joe Ingles mostly. I think I couldn't have said it better myself. That's exactly the kind of the approach I'm taking here. I think everybody's a little too priced up. I'm not paying the 8800 for Mitchell coming off the injury when I got Ben Simmons for eight, you know 1700 less. I got Trey Young for less. I got... Uh, you know, Bradley Beal for less even. There's just so many guys on this slate that I prefer to play over Mitchell, which makes him, I guess, a, a tournament option based on ownership. But even then, I just don't see myself having any shares of Mitchell. Clarkson too expensive at 72 with Conley and Mitchell back in this lineup. I'd expect him to be more comfortably priced around 62 or 61, and I, I'd feel good about having a share of him. But at that price tag, no thank you. Uh, Ingles at 59, Royce O'Neal at 43, taking stabs at these guys at that forward spot. You could do that. Uh, you know, comfortable floors for both of them. Neither one of them are ever going to light the world on fire and have that great ceiling. But on a four-game slate, when we're talking about tight rotations and getting the guys that are going to find themselves on the floor because of their defense and closing the fourth quarter, these two guys would be those guys. Uh, both these guys staples in their defensive uh, scheme. So good with taking a stab at either one of them, but neither one of them are must-play or, or exciting options. You know, I still prefer Jay Crowder over Royce O'Neal. I, I probably even prefer Grayson Allen over Royce O'Neal for the difference in price, but. There's uh there's some shares you know once you get to Royce O'Neal Alec Burks I think I still prefer Burks mm-hmm. but for all those reasons you know I don't think I'll have too too many shares but again when you're run, when you're constructing it you're making multiple entries multiple lineups you're gonna land on this guy once or twice and don't don't necessarily be too scared off if you landed on him I don't think it's a reason to go and you know change the construction of your entire lineup I think he's a comfortable guy to land on. And uh, occasionally he pops when he has those double-digit rebound games and the three-point shots falling for him. He can get you 40. It's just going to happen few and far in between. But it's there. Uh, and that's it, man. I don't think I'm going to go to too, too much else over here. Again, we touched on the Gobert situation. I prefer Capella, but if you wanted to pivot off of him, sure. Don't really trust the Conley vibes at 6,700. I'm a little worried about those minutes. But Conley, pr- probably prefer him over Mitchell for a um, point-per-dollar standpoint. Yeah, for sure. I'd rather have Conley over Mitchell. So... That is it. That takes us home. That rounds us out. That's the four-game slate. So there we are. We have our wonderful player tier segment here where we break down our favorite player from each tier, expensive, middle, and value tier. So I'm a gentleman, Harris. I'll pass it over to you. Give me your expensive tier guy. Yeah, no doubt. And that expensive tier guy sitting at around 10000 I'm probably going to end up with LeBron James as being my key expensive tier guy today just because... The floor is just so comfortable, and when it gets to the playoffs, especially in tighter matchups, 
as we spoke before, there's just that incredible upside there. So I'm definitely going to find myself in the uh, LeBron James camp more often than not. And I'm about 70% of my lineups that I've seen so far. Can't fault you there. The king. The king himself. Uh, I'll probably go with just about all Knicks in this one, but I'll go Julius <laughs> Randle. Uh, I just love Randle at that price tag, 9200 The matchup, everything, it just seems picture perfect. The only reason I would not play Randle is just because I have three other Knicks in the lineup, and I just want to try to you know, get away from the ownership. Maybe in the GPP, I pivot away from them. Uh, but I just can't see myself being any less than you know, 60% owned on Randle tonight. I'm going to have tons of shares of him. So mid-tier, 8K or less, I'll pass it over to you. Yeah, and there's just so many good options today as far as the mid-tier is concerned, but the one I'm just going to go back to with the greatest upside to me is my favorite big man on the slate, Clint Capella. You spoke about earlier that 46 fantasy points in the three games that he's gone up against the opponents in this game, but in a matchup that is going to be just heavily, heavily reliant on rebounding, heavily reliant on kind of that havoc being wreaked on the inside. I just see Clint Capella having an absolutely monster game, monster series. And for 7,500, I see that price point rising up really quickly as the series keeps going on. So while it's at this point here, enjoy it while it lasts. Enjoy it. I'm with you right there. Clint Capella, my favorite center play. I'll go with Ben Simmons, 7,100. Uh, just because simply I couldn't take Clint Capella, but uh, I do like Ben Simmons a lot in this matchup as well. I think I want to have at least one of him or Embiid. And every single lineup, and again, is going to come down to construction. So looking at Ben Simmons, if he plays 30-plus minutes, you've touched on it. He had plenty of time off to get that back right. He's averaged 46 DK points in 34 minutes across two games a season against his Wizards team. High pace, no defense, all the good stuff that we love to see. High turnovers, especially we love to see when we're targeting Ben Simmons defensive force i would expect him to pick up a few steals here extra points sign me up ben Simmons, 7100 value play 5k or less a lot of guys i have interest in value play so i'll pass it over to you i'll let you get first crack and there's really a lot of situations in which you want just guys who have their minutes in absolute lock and we spoke about it earlier with the knicks tom thibodeau loves his short rotations loves his guys who he trusts to be able to go out and put up buckets in bunches Alec Burks happens to be my favorite in that, yet again, at 4,500, his minutes are going up, his shot attempts are going up, just a recipe for great success as far as his uh, production is concerned. So I'm looking at Alec Burks as probably my main guy. The other one would probably be a little bit about Jay Crowder, but I'm sure you'll have the opportunity to talk about that. Yeah, I was actually tossing, right? Tossing and turning. Do I say Jay Crowder or do I say Nerlens Noel? I like both these guys. I feel like if I wanted to just go from pure security, uh, you know, floor-wise, it would be New Orleans Noel. I just think, you know, you can't miss him. But for the fact of the matter, I, I'm going to play a ton of Randall again. I said I'm going to play both these guys alongside of him. But if you don't feel as comfortable and you want him to go somebody else, I think Jay Crowder is a great value play as well. Uh, you touched on Burks. We both like him. I can keep going with the value, but uh, we'll cut it off there. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't want to confuse people. I do think New Orleans Noel is probably the best and the most safe value play on this slate, though, at 4,100. So sign me up. For some Nerlens, lots of Knicks. I think we named three Knicks. We probably could have kept going <laughs> yeah. uh, with our value tiers. Lots and lots of Knicks. I don't know if you guys can get who we like, but we are not Knicks fans, but we like the Knicks. <laughs> yep. All right, man. That rounds us out. So if you guys have a moment and you'd like to, we'd appreciate it. And you'd get more access. You'd be able to get a hold of us a little bit more. Maybe you've got some lineup lock questions. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. You can find me at Mike Patria. That is M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R. I A Harris, let the good people know where they can find you. Absolutely. On Twitter as well at at H-A-K underscore devil, D-E-V-I-L. You can definitely get me on there. Message me up and I'll be quick to reply. Let's see what we got today. 
Yeah, see, exactly. You heard the key word there. Quick to reply, because sometimes I am not, and I do apologize. Uh, I try to do the whole, you know, don't look at your phone so often when you're around the the, the loved ones and the family. <laughs> I've, been, I've been trying to do that more uh, because I, I think I maybe maybe dropped the ball on that one over the past eight years of being in the sports industry. So, uh, you know, trying to make up for some lost time. So if I don't see it, I apologize. That's why we have such an awesome team here where you can get a hold of Harris, you get a hold of Santino, you can grab anybody on our team. Uh, one of us will answer you as soon as possible. And, hey, get the DFS Fantasy Pass, guys, or get the year-long pass. You can get us in the Discord. You can get us a little bit more. You can get these behind-the-scene articles, the amazing one that Harris is putting out this morning. Uh, I can tell you right now, by the way, this kid broke down this slate. There's a reason why I wanted to bring him on with me every Sunday. He is filled with knowledge. He's going to win you guys some money. So check out the article. Listen to the podcast. Follow us up until lock. That is the recipe for some winning madness is that we will be there with you every step of the way, guys. So thank you for listening. As always, five star, thumbs up, subscribe, wherever you listen to the podcast. We really do appreciate it. It allows you to get the notification as soon as it gets published so you can get that information right away. We will be back for the next slate. Thank you, guys. Anything else you'd want to uh, leave us with, Harris, before we take off? Oh, absolutely good. Just enjoy the playoffs. For us in Canada, it's a long weekend, so we're going to really get to enjoy the Sunday to get another Monday off. So I'm looking forward to a good night of hoops. There you go. Enjoy it. Enjoy that day off tomorrow, too, my man. We're out of here. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.